0: We play games.
1: <laughs> Gretzky had it, lost it. Eiselman picks <laughs> it up. Eiselman moving. Blue line chance. Steve Eiselman! The tackle! Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts the hockey know-it-alls,
0: KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the... Uh, I don't have a descriptive word for you. Always wonderful, I guess, is, is obvious—is the obvious term. But uh, Zach Mack, how are you doing? today?
1: I'm doing well, man. It's Super Bowl weekend, so I'm trying to eat as little as possible today so I can eat as much as possible tomorrow on that holiday. But um yeah. more importantly, I'm joined by a new homeowning KJ. How does that feel? Yeah.
0: It feels good. We got the paperwork done today. We're recording this later on uh, Saturday because of that. But it feels good. We're ready to have a big yard for the dogs and and just kinda of be a married couple for the for the first time out of an apartment. So a lot of a lot of nudity involved in, in what's about to happen. Whoa,
1: okay. happen. Oh, okay. It's been a good day. Congratulations good guys. Day. All right.
0: <laughs> uh hey, I put the explicit note on every episode. Like, you know you know it's coming. Parents, just keep a hold of your children. Don't don't let them listen to this podcast. Um we've got a bunch to talk about real quickly on the hockey side, and then we're gonna do what you're not gonna get from other hockey podcasts. We're gonna talk Super Bowl. We're gonna we're gonna expand our knowledge, show that we're not, you know, one sport schlubs and, and really dive into it. I'm excited for it. I don't get to do that as often anymore because I've I've known, like, all my friends and colleagues and everything for so long that they kind of talk at me when they're talking about football. So this will be good. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I feel you on another level on that.
0: It's that co-host thing. We got it going. (laughs) Uh, Let's start first with the obvious. I feel like I start every podcast this way. Alex Ovechkin moved ahead of Marc Messier in goals. He now sits at 695, so he'll clearly be bouncing way above 700 by the end of the season. Uh, Did you see on Twitter Luke admitted to changing his mind about whether or not he'd pass
1: Gretzky? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even know that he was on the side of he wasn't going to pass Gretzky initially. Um, So I learned that, but... I think I was the first time when we first posed this question. Which, by the way, we should change this to the Puck Puck Pass Podcast: colon the Ov Tracker until I, <laughs> until he catches him, because that's what we're doing every episode. But yeah, I think I originally thought that he wasn't going to catch him. Now, obviously, I, I'm not. I'm not like 100 convinced he can catch him. But I definitely think he's got the potential now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I it surprises me how many people think he won't catch him. And this is this is fun because I was we were both much younger when Bonds was chasing the home run record, but in I mean hockey doesn't really get its play on ESPN, but ESPN was cutting to every Barry Bonds. Yes, yeah, I remember uh, that at bat, like every single time. <laughs> and there's going to become or be a time where probably when he gets close to the top five, you know, every shift they're going to be like Ov oh, Tracker. Maybe they won't cut to the game. But the, the ticker will turn to, you know, an Ovi tracker while he's on the ice. And the, the coverage is – there's a lot of coverage now. I yeah, actually and hadn't it's thought pick of that. Up, even though, I'm excited about that. Maybe he'll just explode for five in his next game and just eclipse that 700 right off the bat. He's he's unreal. Um, also unreal as a team and as a uh, a support staff. The Penguins showed up to the game against Flyers with Oscar Strong shirts. Which was an awesome so- show of support, uh, especially among two in-state
1: rivals. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. I saw the picture on Twitter: it was Crosby, Malkin, and I—I I, I don't know. I'm assuming.
0: I think it was Rust. Oh, okay. Let's
1: see, that's not who I was assuming. I don't watch much of the Penguins, obviously, but oh. or the Flyers for that matter. But I did see this come <laughs> up on my timeline, and like you said, in-state rivals—that's what made it cool. Um, some things are bigger than rivalries, and because it's it's been it's honestly, other than when it first came out, it's been for kind of forgotten. So it was cool to see the Penguins bring it back to.
0: Yeah, they, I think especially across the league, it w- it had been forgotten. Uh, I walked by a few like Oscar Strong type shirts or Flyers fans who always bring up how, not always, but bring up how you know sad that situation is still. But to Flyers fans credit. You know all the comments and replies to those pictures, albeit Facebook or Twitter, were like Flyers fans actually saying, "You know, hey, as a Flyers fan, I appreciate that. That's you know, you know, we're definitely not uh, friends, but that's cool to see. So good for them, uh, and good for Sidney Crosby scoring the game-winning goal in overtime. Yet another three-point night for him. And uh, you know, we're not really on Penguins tracker, but they just—they look like they get better and better. But does it concern you at all that it seems like? They have given up a few big leads. They were up 3-1 last night, and they won in overtime. And, you know, they've been up 4-2 and 3-1 in the in the stretch of good play. But, you know, how long can you rely on getting an overtime goal?
1: Yeah, it's almost like when push comes to shove, uh, clutch moments, whatever you want to call it, that's when they're playing their best. So I guess in that regard, you're probably not too worried about it because every playoff game is more or less a clutch moment. Um die situation, so I, 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 I don't know that there's much of a concern, only because they are the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think if we're talking, you know, twenty five, twenty six of the teams in the league, yeah, maybe you're worried about something like that, but I don't think as a Penguins fan you're worried about that. Uh, Crosby has twenty eight points in twenty three games. He's over a point a game. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's a pretty good player. We like we like seeing him back on the ice. Uh, it's- Another good player, Andre Vasilevsky, got his 150th win for the Lightning. All things considered, as far as, you know, the Lightning making a comeback in the standings, being as good as they are, uh, a lack of playoff success, It do you, is Vasilevsky still, you know, 100% their future, and it's still more coaching than anything on the ice?
1: Uh, yes, I think so. I... I'm torn. This is a tough question for me because I'm just I'm on the fence about Vasilevsky. I just I, – he's obviously I, – he had a great season last year, but it was a great team. And uh, underperforming this year, I, how's – how's uh or at least to start the year. But how – is Vasilevsky in Vesna talk this year? I haven't
0: seen him in too much Vesna talk. The only reason – or the only time I really hear about him is – when people are comparing him to Hellbuck in the sense that, you know, Hellbuck's been unbelievable behind what's a pretty bad team. And Veseleski struggled but got much better behind a much better team. Like, those are the two. But, I mean, Kemper is still up there, especially now that he'll be back. There's a lot of guys in the conversation, but if, I mean, if, Tampa wins the division. I think you have to put Vasilevsky back in
1: that discussion. Yeah, and I guess he does have the most wins in the NHL. He's got 26 wins, uh, which leads the league. And he's faced, what, the fifth most shots, it looks like? Uh, I think. Yeah, fifth what most. Was shots. It? What... Hey, 1169. Nice. <laughs> what was the original question? Is he long term
0: lightning? And is is he yeah, can they I mean I'm pretty sure he has a contract already, but just as far as I don't know, fan confidence in this team, they're not gonna uh very much away from uh Vasilevsky for the
1: future, right? I, yeah, I, I, I would I would think so. And actually, I'm gonna go somewhat bold here. I think Vasilevsky probably cracks top ten all time wins.
0: Wow. Now Is that if this, if he stays with a lightning team that's this good?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is yeah, they would have Tampa would have to be good for a long time. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think they could. I think he might. Honestly, he might. If there might be a couple seasons, he's the reason they're good. Yeah, and that would have to be that would kind of make or break him cracking the top ten. What is the top ten? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Yep. Top ten all time goalie wins. Four twenty three. It looks like SPCO's tenth at four twenty
0: three. Okay. So and I bet you it's not as widespread. I don't know what Broder retired with. I know he had the most. Um but I don't I think once you crack that top ten, you're pretty close to the rest of the top ten. My my thing about Best Lesky so far this year is he's still right up there with the best of the best as far as full-time goalies. You know, the the guys in front of him, or some of the guys in front of him, you know, Merzalikens, 21 games. Samsonov, 20. Allen, 19. Ben Bishop is eighth in the league in in save percentage at 925. He's tied with four other guys. But he has the most games played in the top 10. So that kind of, you know, gives you a little more perspective. Uh, Vasilevsky is 38. Which is in the top in the top seventeen, he only trails Hellbuck in games played. So something that something to keep in mind when when they're voting on it. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think I don't know about top ten and wins because I don't know how long the Lightning can stay good on both ends of the ice. But I think Vasilevsky has the the ability to keep that team, at least in the playoffs. You know, mainly by himself.
1: I was just surprised when you said it was 150 because I didn't know that. I mean you told me that before, sir. 150 wins. It seems like I mean that puts him 126th, if anyone's curious.
0: 126 with 150 wins. Yeah. Wow. I think that's it for uh player news. The only other thing we really want to talk about hockey wise is the top selling NHL jerseys of 2019, 2020
1: so far. I don't know these. I'm gonna look them up uh, right now.
0: Well there are some surprises
1: in this okay. list. I'll say. I'll start at
0: ten, which might be one of the biggest surprises. Jamie Ben. Interesting. Yeah. Is number nine is, is Sagan on the Humber. list? Okay, so number nine is Patrick Kane. Number eight is Tyler. Sagan. Oh, so Dallas just be buying jerseys. Yeah, I mean, take into account maybe fans all across Texas short of some that might be, like, Coyotes fans for whatever reason. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they... Sagan's not as big a surprise, but Jamie Benn surprised me. Uh, seven is Marc-Andre Fleury. No real surprise there. Uh, number six, Austin Matthews. Mm. Did you think that that would be higher? Uh,
1: Yes. I th- Yeah, yeah, yeah if two. you would have asked me, I would have probably put it top three, honestly.
0: If, and I think he falls behind because of Marner, Anderson, and Tavares. Because there's so many options. Yeah, that's a good point. Like there are a lot of people, like like me for instance. When I bought a Red Wings, uh, winter class, like Red Wings jersey, uh, probably about a decade ago, I picked the Franz and one. Not like I wasn't a gotta be different type kid, but I just didn't want the Datsyuk and ones that were everywhere. Yeah. It, uh, the Fronson Decision bit me in the ass, but I got the Fronson Jersey anyway. <laughs> so there might be so many people picking
1: Tavares, Matthews,
0: or Marner and those types. That's of why when you said Jimmy uh, Ben, I
1: asked if Sagan was on the list because I was like,
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Kane at eight, which means uh, the Taves fan fan base is dying down. Uh, Patrice Bergeron number five, which kind of surprised me as well. Connor McDavid at four, Alex Ovechkin at three. Vladimir Tarasenko at two, and Sidney Crosby at one.
1: Yeah, that's what winning the cup will do for you, I guess.
0: That's that's nuts. Yeah, winning the cup and then, you know, basically missing three quarters of a season, which is, you know, what what it'll end up being if or when he comes back this year. Uh, yeah, it was it was just surprising to me that not so much that he was in the top ten, but that he was in the top. Yeah. Uh, especially ahead of Ovechkin and McDavid. I'm just, I guess I'm a little surprised that there's no Patterson in this group. Or there's no, I mean, I guess Wheeler, Shifley, and Line a don't really do
1: much for national fan
0: bases. But, like, Artemi Panarin, like, there's no New York Rangers on this list. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. You see
1: a lot of Rangers here.
0: No Huberto, I mean, come on, what are we doing? <laughs> no Tampa Bay Lightning either. I mean, I know there's a bunch of fan, uh, a bunch of teams that aren't on this list, but when you're, you know, when you're looking at standings, there are some teams that stick out as far as how high they are in the in the, the standings. Hurricanes were Eastern Conference and, Finals. Yeah, no, no Islanders. Matty bars all can't get any love. But yeah, so I just I thought that was interesting. One because of the surprises. Uh, two, I feel like most of this top ten will stay together as the years go on. Like I don't think we're ever going to get a Jack Hughes, Nico Heisher, Alexis Lafreniere
1: on this list. Interesting. Okay. Uh,
0: that's just that's just my take. But now it's uh, I think it's time for Super Bowl talk. Did we miss anything hockey wise?
1: Oh, I don't think so. Oh, we got the uh, Battle of Alberta.
0: Oh, that's right. They play again tonight as we
1: record. Uh,
0: did you watch the first game, or did
1: you just see I, Yeah, I saw the highlights that fought in the first period, right?
0: Yeah, Nugent Hopkins and uh, Monaghan, which surprised
1: me. Is it Shane or Sean? Sean. Where did Cassian and... Uh...
0: Cassian and uh, Chuck fought. They were the second fight. Okay. Know. And I have to admit, Cassian won pretty handedly.
1: Still looks like Adam Gaze to me.
0: But the the flames ended up winning the game, which is obviously more important than anything else. I was surprised to see Nugent Hopkins and uh, Monahan fight, and it was not a great fight. You could tell they didn't uh, didn't really want to. And uh, they're going again tonight. Do you expect anything more, or is that kind of now it's just hard
1: nosed hockey? Yeah. I'm, oh man, I wonder if they'll fight again. It seems it seems almost pointless at this point. I think it's gone. The way they talked afterwards, too, from what I saw, is they're pretty much squashed. It. They're like, "Yeah, I respect you. Cash said, so "Like, I respect him for fighting." Um, and I guess checked asked to fight right away. So it sounds like
0: yeah, yeah. They got it out of the way. Yeah. So the only reason I bring it up is because there are guys on the, on this Edmonton team that could probably. Like, I don't know if James Neal will fight. Riley Shanahan could. I mean, Jai was a big guy. I don't know. But on the other end, you know, there's still Matthew Chuck on the ice. Monaghan apparently is just going to go out here and fight me. But then there's Jankowski, Backlund, Ronaldo, Milan Lucic, and uh, Giordano. And maybe Travis Hammond. Like, there are a lot of guys who could be ready to throw with Edmonton at any point in the game. Do you think the table's kind of turn into Calgary taking the – they know they're the better team now. And they're home now. Do they – and they're at home. Do they become the aggressor and maybe, you know, start to get somebody off their game on the other
1: side? I think so. Plus there's that – you mentioned Giordano. So much discussion around whether that was a dirty play or not. Did you see that replay? Where he stuck his leg out? Yes,
0: yeah. It, yeah, that ended up being ankle to ankle, but could have been knee.
1: Yeah, knee. so I'm wondering if anything boils over from that. I think it might, but but you're right. It's all it's all in the balls in Calgary's court because they're home. They know they're the better team. Do they? I I'm I'm gonna be very curious to see how aggressive they start this game.
0: I mean, they did end the last game with Riddich throwing his stick in the air after he made the save on Drysidle in the in the shootout.
1: These boys like to win this maybe, game.
0: Yeah, maybe Edmonton didn't like that too much either. But we will,
1: we will see, and you'll probably have
0: seen by the time you listen to this. Uh, but I'm definitely going to get this episode out before the Super Bowl. So let's dive into it. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco Forty ers My first, <laughs> the first thing I want to ask you about this is, why does it not feel like a very
1: hyped up Super Bowl? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Is it Kobe? Yeah, I think it's – there's a lot of things going on. I mean, baseball cheaters, baseball conspiracies and whether or not whether we're on buzzers. Obviously, Kobe's untimely passing. Ovechkin's chasing his goal street. There's just a lot going on. And there's not too many storylines with the Super Bowl. I mean, it's honestly like – yeah, there's different facets to the game. I just wrote an article about this. There's going to be little nuances of the game. But it's it's Kansas City's offense – and San Francisco's defense. Everybody knows. There's not really much else to, I guess, analyze or flood the ESPN timeline with. I
0: mean, I think the the way people are looking at San Francisco's offense after the way they dismantled the Packers' defense has come to light a little bit. It's been a little bit of could the Niners have a bigger strength in their offense than we thought and Kansas City's defense is playing well, but over the course of the season wasn't great.
1: Yeah. And so they
0: stopped that Derrick play. Henry. They did stop Derrick Henry. I I mean, Andy Reid gets criticized for a lot of things in his coaching repertoire, but he's been able to do something with his team as far as you know, overcoming a playoff loss that, or a playoff game, losing a playoff game that they basically had in the back not for one offsides call last year or encroachment, you know, at the end of a game that they ended up stopping them on fourth down and all the nuttiness, and they lose, and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. You know, they they don't fall into any traps against the Texans or Tennessee, even though they trailed early in both those games. Now I'm interest, interested to see if they can come out hot because you don't really want to fall, fall behind against a team with as good a defense.
1: Yeah, it is wild that they they're coming off two very similar like Texans got up by twenty four, Titans got up by ten, I think. Or
0: it was seventeen yeah. seven before yeah.
1: So it's just like it doesn't there's so many there's different psychologies because 'cause you're right, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you can do that to San Francisco and get away with it. But there's also the psychology of, well, you know, if we're down fourteen nothing, We've been here before, and not only have we been here before, like, the last two times we've been here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think the the game that sticks out to me the most is the 49ers regular season game against the New Orleans Saints, Yeah, because that was a slugfest, a high-scoring slugfest, and Jimmy G was able to keep up with Drew Brees that entire game, and the 49ers defense didn't look so, if the you know the 49ers take any type of lead, and their defense is playing as well as they're capable of, Kyle Shanahan seems like the type who would keep Garoppolo throwing until until it basically wasn't working. I guess because you know you can't get comfortable with any lead against Kansas City, but you also know how good your defense. You know, like, if they take a lead, they're going to have to put their foot on their throat because I don't really see a way Kansas City loses this game, even if they start out down 14
1: nothing. Know, yeah, so I'm pulling the Niners in this game, and the big question mark there is, like you said, is Jimmy G, and Niners fans are going to point to that Saints game that you just mentioned where he, it was a shootout, 48-46. You know, he comes out on top. Because you look at – you just – they mentioned – or you mentioned that they dismantled the Packers. And Garoppolo had to throw the ball, what was it, eight times? Yeah, Yeah, eight times. So then obviously the question for me is, okay, if it turns into a shootout against Kansas City, which you're most most likely expecting, can Garoppolo hang with Pat Mahomes? And, you know, all the Niners fans are going to point to the Saints game, which is good. I mean, Drew Brees is a great quarterback. It's a great measuring stick. But big game. I... I think you're right. I just don't see a way that Kansas City loses this game unless San Francisco's defense is just that good, which it could be. I think they'd have to be
0: almost perfect to really, because we talked about this on What's Up, Belly Up, your other podcast. We talked about the matchup between these two teams, and I think for the good of the NFL in the long run, a, an offensive, sh- an offensive shootout would be awesome, and the Chiefs winning with that style offense would be great for the NFL in the future. But every time I look at the way these two teams match up, it really is gonna be like a turnover or two, or whoever has the last possession. Like, there's just do I do I think the Chiefs are gonna win? Yeah, but I don't think there's a way they pull away from a team as as high powered as San Francisco's shown they can be. Yeah, so not... Printed at home in in a dome is when they've been yeah. the best, and this is in Miami.
1: Now I'm thinking it's just gonna be a clash, though, because San Francisco's gonna come in with a game plan, probably a better one than Kansas City. But Kansas City has shown that they're willing to sit back for a quarter and just watch how you play, and and then they'll make up the ground. So it's gonna be a race of like, can because I think San Francisco will probably jump out to a lead early. At least that's I mean. The way Kansas City's been playing, and Kansas City will probably make adjustments. And you're right; it's going to be. They won't score. I don't think they'll score on San Francisco as often as they were scoring on Houston or Tennessee. It's 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 going to be. Uh, you're right. I don't think they pull away, but I think they win by a touchdown.
0: From the, the Niners,
1: the Chiefs. I'm, but I'm, the still, I'm pulling for the, I, Niners. Pull for the
0: Niners. I like that. It's a man of humility. I just don't see how, like when we, when we talk about hockey and and mainly Connor McDavid's speed, it's not, how do you keep up with him? It's what do you do when he blows by you? And, or, you know, you leave your goalie on an island. As good as San Francisco's defense is, and I don't know all the nuances of, But if you've ever seen Tyreek Hill run in a straight line, how can any defense do anything to stop that? Because Patrick can, Patrick Mahomes can throw it a country mile.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Because in every sport, when you when you hear players talk about the best players in the league, it's not you know how do we stop them? It's how do we limit them? Yeah, contain. how do we contain them? So. I think it might be a mistake for the Niners to go into this game thinking, you know, like we're going to hold them to three points, ten points. Like, you got to tell yourselves, guys, they're going to score a couple touchdowns on us. Because if you don't, and then they, and you're thinking we're going to stop them the whole game, and then they score a touchdown on you, you're just going to spark You're going to be like, oh, we can't do this. So, and yeah. I think that's what you get when you're dealing with Pat Mahomes. He's one of the best players in the league. You've got to limit him, they're, you're not going to stop him.
0: So you you just brought up something I wanted to talk about as far as beyond the Super Bowl. The Talks are already starting about Patrick Mahomes and with the all the indecision around Tom Brady or speculation around Tom Brady right now. What does this do for Patrick Mahomes as far as how he's looked at as a quarterback in the NFL? Does winning the Super Bowl give more people ammunition to say that he's... He's 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 downright the best quarterback in the league. Like that's all we have, or that's all we need to confirm it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's always going to be a tough argument if Tom Brady's still in the league. But you know, as far if you're talking about talent level as of right now, yeah, I th- I think you would have to put at, if he if he wins the Super Bowl, you'd have to put him in that discussion.
0: I I agree. I by the way, Harrison Butker, the uh, Chiefs' kicker. Plus fifteen thousand for him to win the uh, the MVP of the game. Just saying, could come down to a couple field goals. <laughs> a lot. Of, that's a lot of money if you put five bucks on it. Uh, I yeah, I, I agree. I think as as much of a Lamar Jackson fan as I am, if Patrick Mahomes can win this game throwing, then he's obviously the best quarterback in the league, all around. And he's mobile. He showed that last week against. Tennessee he had a great run to really start their comeback and eventually you know just kind of blow him out of the water I just don't see I love Kyle Shanahan I think he's great for the NFL as far as getting young coaches with newer game plans and schemes and and, and really being creative on the sideline but I have such a soft spot for Andy Reid I have no idea why but I, I just want him to so, yeah, I think
1: Andy he's kind of underappreciated. He's a great coach. Everywhere he's gone, I think, um, especially lately. But I I do like Shanahan too, and I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. it's gonna be if if San Francisco can win it, it's they've been slept on. Like every, almost everyone picked him to lose to the network analysts are picking to lose to Minnesota, and then they win, and then half the network analysts are picking Green Bay. They go in there and they win that one handedly. It's just like I. I don't know. I I keep saying, like, the Chiefs have Mahomes and Hill. They have arguably two pure playmakers on their team. I don't think the Niners have a pure playmaker on their team. But this is what they do. They get slept on and they win games.
0: Yeah, yeah as much as I mean, like, the weapons on San Francisco all seem like situational weapons. And I'm not taking away from anything they've done. Raheem Mostert, you know, one of three running backs that they have. I think they're down to two for the Super Bowl. If I re- remember correctly, they lost
1: one. I of think them. they still have Brita.
0: But, yeah Brita, yeah, Brita and Mostert are going to play in the Super Bowl. It was uh, Tevin Coleman who got hurt in the NFC Championship game. So, Mostert's been incredible. But that might not work every game. Same with Godwin. And all the, all these guys, I mean, Kittle is. I love George Kittle. I think he's. I think he's the coolest personality for football. I just don't think there's guarantees with those playmakers like there is with Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, obviously, and uh, their rookie returner who's also a wide receiver. And his name, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's a stud and he can fly. You know, this you know, he might make a play on special teams that helps change the momentum. That's you know, that's what Kansas City did against uh Houston. Huge huge return, short field. You know, they're right back in it two minutes later. It's it's crazy how that offense can just go.
1: Yeah. So let's uh so okay, so let's let's draw scenarios. If both teams if either team wins, we talked about this a little bit before we started. If San Francisco wins, the Bay Area, you know, I don't know how much Oakland and San Francisco get along. I know they're rivals when they play each other, but as far as, you know, the Warriors being good there in Oakland and now San Francisco, I mean, how do you feel about a championship in the Bay Area?
0: I don't hate the idea of, like, like when I say I want Kansas City and think Kansas City's going to win, that's just a gut feeling and liking Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid.
1: And I know Tyreek Hill is a sketchy pass. I'm passed.
0: I'm not saying I love the guy, but I don't have a problem if San Francisco wins this game. I don't. I won't be upset or anything. And I do like the idea of the Bay Area being able to claim that they're the most successful city of the last decade.
1: Just steal that right from Boston <laughs> and Patriot fans. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, speaking of which, I mean the Blues won this in the cup, took so it from Boston. That's in Missouri, and now Kansas City. they'd be in Missouri, yeah, after the Rams yeah. leave their last team in Missouri I did which I didn't realize until so just now, I just said that there was like two teams in Missouri, and in i
0: I'm just learning that right now,
1: weird to think about
0: i don't I don't understand St. Louis and Kansas, City. <laughs> like they're just too weird. Because there's one in both states, isn't
1: yeah that? there's a Kansas City, Kansas. I'm pretty sure the stadiums are in Missouri, though the Royals are as well.
0: And the Royals were pretty good for a while. Yeah. And not anymore. They suck now. But yeah, I I think what's going on in Missouri, I mean, good for them. I know their college football is garbage. <laughs> so I know they needed they needed some uplifting after the Rams left. And a big FU to the Kroenke family would probably make them very happy. I think that's an name. But i I don't think there's. I don't think it adds too much to St. Louis history. Doesn't really do anything for me. Like I don't. I don't look at them as. Yes, the, the Blues just won, and that's the sport I spend the most time covering. But I just don't think of them as a champion. I think of Detroit, even the way their teams are now, the way the Pistons were, the Red Wings, the Tigers for a while. I look at them more prominently in sports history than I
1: do. Since. Yeah.
0: I'm not gonna like my Twitter mention.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what the relationship between Kansas City and St. Louis I know they're on opposite sides of the state, but if they have love for each other, I don't know. Like Memphis and Nashville, there's not very much love between them. I don't know. Is Philly and Pittsburgh, like, I know they're rivals when they play each other and all that, but do they show respect? Like, there's, there's, like, not really respect. There's
0: a lot. There's, re- there's more respect among Steeler and Eagles fans. I mean, Eagles fans will st- still, you know, call and Ben, like, burger and stuff, but the, the, Football and baseball teams seem to show a lot more respect because there's not a Sidney Crosby involved. The hockey team in the in the the Philly and Pittsburgh hockey teams, their fan bases,
1: like I said, they do not get along. Ever. Yeah, and I just uh, so I wonder how much that like, if the Blues winning and then the Chiefs winning even matters to the state of Missouri. I don't
0: know. Who knows? I don't listen. The ten people that live in Missouri could probably find us on
1: Twitter <laughs> and tell us, but. I don't know why I'm taking shots in Missouri right now. <laughs> because they have two NFL teams and some states don't have any. Well not anymore, I guess. Yeah.
0: Still nothing in the way of uh Seattle cracking. I I've been trying to keep an eye on that. They still have mentioned that They've gone underwater, if you will. So give me a final score. Um
1: We'll keep track of this, and we'll figure out. I don't know. If one of us wins, we'll figure out something. Uh, Am I going for for what I hope happens or what I think will happen? What you think the score will be. I'm going to go 31-24, Chiefs. 31-24, Chiefs. Ooh, that's a good
0: one. I'm going to go 44-38.
1: That would be a fun one. Chiefs.
0: I... I'm very much looking forward to a high the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, which I might have to edit out now. That I think
1: about it. Edit.
0: Are we allowed to say no? Because we're not broadcasting live,
1: and we're not. Okay. Sponsored. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Because a lot of the big games, like we sell football stuff on QVC, and we have to say "big game." I think Tostitos is the only. Thing <laughs> Such a weird role, man. It's it's wild. Uh, but yeah, definitely enjoy the game. Enjoy the food. Uh, I think we're doing a taco bar. You guys doing
1: I don't know. I'm going party? to my boss's place. Actually, I don't know what kind of food he's going to have.
0: Oh. Well, great. Instead of the halftime show, you can just play this episode. <laughs> <of the half-time. laughs> Enter- entertainment for all. Uh, so I, I, I'm not even going to ask what you're watching this weekend. It's the Super Bowl. It's the games tonight. Battle of Alberta. All that fun stuff and I don't think we missed anything else. I don't
1: think so. Just uh just hope, I'm kinda hoping you win the Super Bowl prediction now. I want a fun Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. As long as it's a listen, as long as it's a good game, I really couldn't I don't have a dog yeah, in the there.
1: It's nice. It's nice when I don't but, hate one of the teams. <laughs>
0: that's so, which it seems like the last two decades <laughs> we've had to hate one of the teams. If I get it. Uh for Maria, who also thinks the 49ers are gonna win. Uh, or at belly up Mac. I'm at belly of KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl and we will talk to you next week. Go
1: Niners. We saw no light. We saw no signal. And we- Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at
0: K, at belly up Zach Mac, and
1: at Puck Puck Pass Pod. <laughs>